Welcome, my friends. Welcome to another edition of the broadcast. I'm your host, James Corbett, coming to you, as always, from the sunny climes of western Japan. And you are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on Republic Broadcasting. And, of course, yes, it is uh, 12 midnight in New York and 11 back in the home center of uh, Texas. And and it's 1 in the afternoon for me here in Japan. And so it is that time again to broadcast to you all. And it is great to be here tonight to talk with all of you. So I certainly hope that you are settled in for an interesting conversation. Tonight we're going to be bringing up our old friend Mark Russell, who we've talked to a few times on this pod- broadcast in the past and on my uh, podcast as well at CorbettReport.com. So, of course, you can go there and just type Russell R-E-S-S-L, into the search bar on CorbettReport.com to bring up those previous conversations if you haven't heard them before. But let's, uh, let's bring him up. I understand he's waiting on the line. So, Mark Russell, thanks once again for joining us. Well, hello, everyone, and hello, James, and good morning, good night, wherever you are. It's 1 o'clock in the, uh, at night here, and uh, okay. Uh, well, I, guess I, I always I, appreciate yeah. you coming up uh, so so late at night slash early in the morning, so I do appreciate that. Oh, don't worry. That's that's fine. I think it's important. I, I think that that's what I have to do here, so that, that's why I'm doing this. Yeah. All right, excellent. Well, I, I actually might have some good news to announce in the near future about a time change that might make it more convenient for everyone, but I'll leave that until it's all been confirmed. But how are things going in Argentina tonight? Well, let me let me give you a little bit of an update. I don't know. I, I guess most of the listeners here are not um, um, aware of what's going on here in Argentina. Uh, basically, uh, in the last 10 days, we've had a big change. There's been... Uh, I wouldn't say massive, but there's been protests of the middle class, which is new, and it, it, they call themselves indignados, like the, you know, like the Occupy movement in Spain, and actually it's the same thing, so finally we have an Occupy movement here in Argentina as well. So that's, that's, well, that, uh, that's that is exciting. Yeah. That is exciting. How did that start to develop? Oh, that's so complicated. I, I wouldn't even know where to start, but basically it's just like middle class, which is different from other places in the in the world, it's it's the middle class that is just tired and fed of the lies, of the corruption, of the of the manipulation, of the control of the media. They are they they are realizing all the media is lying basically because they are even lying about the, this this event. Because for example, I was there at the third um, protest, and it was very cold, and there were thirty thousand people there, and the mainstream the mainstream media you have like two main main outlets here. You have like the officialist party outlets and you have the, um, you could say the opposition party outlets and both of them lied about the number of people who were there. So that's interesting. It is interesting and to me it's personally interesting how all of these various protest movements are spreading up literally all across the globe and uh, one begins to think it's only a matter of time until these somewhat uh, uh, disconnected movements start to come together in some meaningful way. Yeah, but if if you if you would like a reason, well, they are about to like. This is starting to look like you know, like a um, how do you say this in English? Um, um, the opposite of democracy, <laughs> a dictatorship. Because, for example, right now, if you want, you you are not allowed to buy dollars. Well, you could say, yeah, the government is. Uh, you have to get a permission for a permit from the government to buy U.S. dollars, and. Uh, 
basically uh, nobody gets that and um, it's it's like for example the the value of the local currency is is so like um, like uh, what it should be and what it is and what they tell you this it's it's so far away it's really really like amazing that and and, and it's all these people that are like fed up and and are tired well, it's a disaffection that comes from years and years and decades of being lied to by the political class. So I think everyone probably listening to this broadcast will understand that feeling no matter where they are. On that note, we're coming up against the first break, so let's take a short breather, and we'll be right back with Mark Russell right after this. friends, and welcome back to the broadcast. Of course, you are listening to Corbett Report Radio, and I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you all the way from the land of the rising sun. And joining us today all the way from Argentina is our old friend, Mark Russell. So, Mark, I understand that uh, you have a lot of information you'd like to go through regarding critical thinking tonight, and I'm not sure where you'd like to begin with that. So so tell us a little bit about what you're thinking. Okay, well, it's it's funny because you you have me thinking about critical thinking, and that's the ma- the, ba- the basic point of this. So, uh, so I guess uh, everybody who's listening to this uh, most must be aware what is critical thinking or have an idea. And I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about this. Well, most of the program because it is very important uh, to distinguish what is true and what is false. So, what do you think? Well, I would broadly agree with that, yes, but there are many different ways of doing that and many different ways of applying those labels. So uh, it's uh, not at all clear to me how we go about differentiating that in a general way, but only in specific cases. Oh, my God, we started with the philosophy. <laughs> that, was, that was fast. <laughs> you can't that avoid it when you're talking fun. to me, I'm afraid. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, because you like it and I like it too. But it, I, I mean, this is very important for. for I, 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 I realized because um, sometimes when, whenever you make a choice, whenever you, you decide something, you, you there is some thought process. I mean, some sometimes there isn't even one, but you, you, you usually people want the best, and uh, usually they think about it. Now, if you are able to think about how you are thinking, then. If you are realizing that what you're thinking might be wrong and you accept this as a possibility, then you you might be closer to truth, whatever that is. Agreed, certainly. And that's, I think, part of that process of, of the dialectic or arguing with yourself over your own thoughts in order to come to a better understanding of what it is you believe and why you believe it. And I hope, I believe, I try to exemplify that in my work. So I do agree with that as a good method of trying to arrive at something closer to the truth. Yeah, and so that's the point of, of tonight, because uh, I thought it's, it's, it would be good like to give some ideas, some clues, some hints, some, uh, as you said, dialectics. And in this regard, uh, I want to, to mention uh, there, there was this guy, and his, his name was Socrates. And actually, he came up with the idea of, of talking, like we're doing right now. And I'm saying something, and you're you're like arguing, and you're like giving a counter argument, and then something good must come out of, out of all this, and that's the idea of that Socrates started. He up was coming. a uh, he was a crafty character. I think he always knew where his conversations were going to go before the person he was speaking to did. 
Oh, that's true. Well, that, that is a point you, that, see, that's, that's a point you have. Okay. And, um, so I, I, I just, there was something you said, we, you just talked about beliefs and, um, well, as, as, as many must be aware at this stage now, uh, reality is a belief. Like whatever you see and, okay, that's very nice. And as, uh, this is also very related to what we talked, um, in, I don't remember, was it like half a year ago in consciousness? So I, I would say this is like a second part of, of 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 this of this other program we we did that like six months ago and um, um, the idea is like like going on and seeing how consciousness is related to critical thinking. So that that's an I think that's an interesting idea. It certainly is. I don't know how uh, to proceed with that, but uh, where where would you like to start? Okay, let me give you an example. Just suppose you're in the jungle. And you see a lion, okay? And uh, what's reality to this, to this lion? Well, he he knows trees, he knows the he knows grass, he knows the sky, he knows other other lions. He has his wife, you could say whatever. He has his children, and that's reality for the lion. Now, imagine you give the lion a cell phone and you tell him, "Oh, you can talk with with this, and you can Skype, and you can <laughs> email, and whatever." And the lion has no clue as to what all this means. And uh, that's, that's, that, that's like a problem of consciousness. Like, how, how can you tell Lion that this is a cell phone and it does all these wondrous, wondrous things, but he's, he's not, he, he, this is so out of his reality that, that that's, that's really hard like, to grasp for him. And so how, what can you do? What, is there anything you can do? I'm or, resisting with all my might, the urge to start philosophizing in in abstract ways. Yeah. But maybe I'll just give into it. So, uh, okay. <laughs> so, so the the tiger or the whatever that you're trying to reason with, it, it, it strikes me that that animals, of course, have some man, means of perception. They they understand. They can differentiate predators and prey, and they can understand what uh, what the environment is like, so that they know how to move through it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they do have some form of consciousness. Obviously, it's not the type of self-reflective consciousness that's capable of, uh, you know, complicated conversations like what we're having, but there must be some form of apprehension there. So I guess the question is, what delineates that that apprehension from the consciousness that we assign to human beings? Oh, let me think about this. Uh, so if you have some, some way of saying, okay, all of us imagine, like, uh, you, you're a lion or a tiger or whatever, and you see a cell phone, well, the first thing you're going to, to do is you're trying to like uh, associate it with something you know. <laughs> now, if you're a critical thinker, and that's what the part this, this, this part comes in, if you're a critical thinker, and you're going to ask questions to this thing, and you're going to, to wonder what does it do, what does this mean, and, and um, if you have the intention of understanding how the cell phone works, I think eventually you will understand it. And it will be part of your new consciousness. You're like you're expanding what you what you knew, and you you're like an improved version of yourself. You know more, right? Right. Yeah. I I yeah. think so. Exactly. Okay. So uh, so what the question is now? How can you like uh, if you if you know more about what's going on in the in the real reality? Like, uh, for example, let's just just say. Um, you you deal with like a conspiracy theorist, or you want to know if all this is really true, and that that's that's now the point where this is the direction where I want to go. Like, 
how can you debunk stuff that is untrue because there's lots of stuff that's untrue and how can you say okay this is true this might be true this is not true and is, is there some way you can do this or I mean, it must have happened to you that you were like uh, exposed to some fake information, some false information, and maybe you felt sometime. I don't know. Certainly, I, I was exposed to the information that Rand Paul was uh, was someone who stood up for liberty and stood on his principles, but that obviously is oh. not the case. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's surprising. Yeah, now, uh, now this is also something I would like to add, with, which goes in a, in a little different direction. Like, uh, I don't think. What's going to happen here on, on, with all these movements is, is hierarchical. I don't think there is like somebody who's going to be your savior. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think my main message is that there is nobody who's going to, to be your savior other than uh, looking in the mirror and taking on the responsibility for yourself. And until we grow up and start to do that, I don't think we'll ever understand what true freedom really is. Correct. Yeah, I, I also I also think the same thing. But um, now, if if you if you are like if you have this capability of like distinguishing what's true from what's fake, then uh, that would be nice. Now, is there is there some way to even get closer to that? So, I just want to to introduce like this idea of if you're a critical thinker, well, you're willing to accept you're wrong. That's the first first issue. The, so, so this is basically this goes totally against fundamentalism. Now, whenever you have like uh, somebody saying, oh, I have the truth, this is, it's like this, then be very careful. And I also realize that there is like a relationship between uh, fundamentalism and control. What do you think? Control over what? Control, like, you, 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 you somehow, like, if, you, if you're capable of, of convincing people that to believe in something and this is their truth, then you, you can control them because they are not going to see anything else. Right, I see, yes. So if you can get people to subscribe to your ideology in a fundamentalist kind of way, then you can control their worldview slash actions, etc. Yes, I certainly agree with that. Okay, now, if you're, if, suppose you're somebody in the alternative community, media community and you say, um, am I open to, to consider that what I'm saying might be wrong? I'm not saying that everything you're saying is wrong, but some, some parts you're like saying, maybe this is not actually exactly like I thought, but you, you critical thinking is about uh, understanding that this might be a possibility and that you, you, you might self, you're, you're, you might get criticism and you must listen to that criticism. I think that's important. Absolutely. And I think that as human beings, we're all sort of hardwired to try to defend our worldview before we uh, we give it up. And and perhaps for good reasons, perhaps as written in the Declaration of Independence, uh, governments long established are not thrown off for light and transient reasons. In the same way, worldviews long established are not thrown off for light and transient reasons. So we do have that natural urge to fight back when someone's trying to present something that goes against our fundamental paradigm, but I think to a certain extent in my own case, if I wasn't able to question that my, my own worldview, I probably wouldn't be here because I would never have come to 9-11 truth or any of the other things that I've uh, come to accept in the last several years. That's right, but some, something must have moved you into that direction, like something must have told you there is something which is not right here, something is completely wrong, let's see what it is. And uh, you, I, I think the first thing you had is curiosity, you wanted to understand what, what's going on here. Uh, that's exactly right, because in fact it was a bunch of information that was presented to me that I had never encountered anywhere else, but I was able to uh, verify multiply from different sources. So it was it was verifiably true, but it was something that I'd never encountered through the mainstream media. 
Mm-hmm, that's right. So everybody, everybody be as curious as possible. That, that's, that's my first message, okay? <laughs> now, uh, second, second thing, like, you're, you're, you're not only accepting to listen to somebody else uh, telling you you're wrong or you're accepting this criticism, you're also uh, are able or um, willing to change your own thinking. You're just saying, okay, accept maybe this is wrong and I'm, I might want to change this. Absolutely. Well, the beginning of the Socratic method right there. But as you can hear the music, we are once again coming up on a break. So we'll continue this conversation about critical thinking with Mark Russell after this break. And if you want to get in, 1-800-313-9443. We'll be back right after these messages. Another chance it takes. Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow. Welcome back to the broadcast, friends. Here we are on this Monday night edition of the broadcast talking to Mark Russell about critical thinking. We're examining how to arrive at some better uh, understanding of reality than the one that we're commonly presented with at any rate. And how do we arrive there? That's a process which I think a lot of us can relate to after having encountered information from alternative sources that go up against the established worldview and paradigm that's put before us all our lives. So, Mark Russell, let's continue on with the conversation. Well, basically, I was just discussing that it's a good idea to be curious, but there's also very different ways in, in, in which you can be curious. Like, you can be logical, like you say, okay, this is this and this is that, so it must be true that this is this is this other stuff. But there's so many things, uh, ways in which you can think, like, you can think like even emotions are valid. I mean, for example, there is a very interesting book, which is by Marvin Minsky, who is one of the leader um, scientists, researchers in artificial intelligence. His latest book is called The Emotion Machine. And I, I, thought, I, I really thought this is really interesting because uh, actually he places uh, uh, an importance on the emotions, on how is like emotions being a different way of thinking. Like uh, you can use logic, you can use... Um, uh, emotions you can use uh, like how does it feel and uh, I, I think like for example when you when you woke up or you just said okay something is wrong here uh, you realize something is, is feeling wrong also and uh, I don't I think you must, you, you must underestimate that right certainly not in fact uh, yeah. I would say that the entire point of of the worldview the paradigm is is that it is an emotional attachment more so than it is a rational one so i think if you can't understand it on a on a perceptual level in terms of feelings and emotions you probably won't ever no no amount of factual argumentation will ever be able to sway someone's mind uh, completely yeah so uh, you, you you talked about authority and uh, also there is there is in relationship to authority like uh, you can't believe something because you're told we're told by the authority this is true, this is, this is what it must be, which I guess most of people who are here don't believe. But uh, it's a really valid method of, uh, I mean, if you want to control, then 
you can be a critical thinker and you could say, okay, I want to control these people, all these people, and how can I do this? I mean, it takes a lot of, of intelligence. And so I, I also think if you're capable of understanding how this works, how could you control something, somebody else? I, I, I also think that's very interesting. Like, um, for example, the, the, the part of authority, like, um, how, can, how can you convince people that this is truth? And... Um, well, it's, it's really hard to put into words, but I think it's really difficult to do that. I mean, it takes right. so much well, intelligence. I, I think it must, it must go back to sort of human psychology and the understanding that, of course, as children, we naturally tend to gravitate towards our parents and trust them as authority figures that can start to sort out the world for us. So when we grow up, I think people who are interested in manipulating that psychology put themselves in the type of you know father or mother parental unit kind of uh, positions in our lives that provide them and imbue them with that same sense of authority that we as you know mental children will look up to if we are not aware of the process that they're putting us into right actually there's a um, uh, an recommendation i don't know if you heard about this tv series how tv ruined my life i have not it's a british no. Oh, that that's a really good one. I, I I really recommend it. It's it was on. Actually, I was impressed because it was on the BBC, and uh, I think it's. I don't remember how TV ruined your life or my life. I don't remember, but there, there were there was. Um, it's made by a humorist, a British humorist, and uh, I really find it interesting because it, it it's really humorous, really interesting, and very very real. Actually, the way in which you can, for example, use propaganda by tackling those basic fears, like for example, uh, mothers, uh, they, have, they are afraid that their children might, might be both sick or be missing or something must, might happen to them or they might get an infection because they have to buy this, cleans, this, clean, this cleaner stuff and whatever. And, and I highly recommend that. That was very interesting to me. Well, that's interesting because it touches on one of our previous conversations on the concept of fear and how that affects our consciousness. And I think it obviously is one of those types of things that, that can, as we say, as we talked about in our last conversation, can be useful for various reasons, but can also, of course, be disruptive and can get in the way of our ability to critically think about a subject. Yeah, and I also think it, it, it's interesting too. There, there's one, one more thing I also think is interesting. Like, you have, you know, you have like energy, like, um, you have like a, a certain amount of willpower. I, I, I'm an engineer. I don't know how to put a number on this, but I, I guess you can agree that there is some some energy. And when you're tired or when you when you some, wanted to do something and you wanted and you wanted it didn't turn out, you were like, oh, I'm not going to try because I just ah, oh, this is too much. There is like an energy, and if you everybody has this energy. I, I mean, like in, not in a physical sense, but in a mind sense. And if you're able to direct this energy into something which is like, um, how, could, how could you say this, like a sink of energy, then this guy will not devote this energy to, to, to something different, which might be not in the interest of our control grid. Oh. We're going to have to hold that thought right there. The music indicates we are once again heading into a break. So just hold it right there. We'll be right back after these messages. Once again, 1-800-313-9443 will get you up and on the air with Mark Russell talking about critical thinking. More on Corbett Report Radio right after this. listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. On Corbett Report Radio with our old friend Mark Russell, once again talking about critical thinking and the ways that we can arrive at some better understanding of the world than what we would otherwise arrive at if we were simply going to trust in authority. And there's a lot of different issues to to tackle here, but uh, Mark, you were making a point right before the break. Perhaps you can pick up from there. Yeah, uh, I was just talking about like uh, how how this how how are you capable of like um, making somebody accept. What you say is true. You have the authority. You must be true. You must have the the, the truth. Now, uh, I think this is also related to ridicule. Like when you when you want to when you want to control something, the first method of of debunking you. Oh, this this is uh, this is in my path. I have to get rid of it. You ridicule it. And now ridicule is just the opposite of critical thinking because in ridicule there is nothing. There is absolutely no information content. Like, there is no point, there is nothing. You just say, oh, this is stupid. And, but it works so well, it's incredible. And I think this is also related. I don't know if you heard about the, um, there is a book by Carl Sagan, which I also highly recommend, which is called The Gardens of Eden. And actually, it talks a lot about intelligence and talks a lot about critical thinking also. And, uh, one of the, the points of the book is like, it's a theory that states that they're like we have three brains. That's what the this theory claims. And uh, one, 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 the basic brain, the the lower level brain, would be the uh, reptilian brain, like the you know the the lower functions, like all all of which which makes you which makes you breathe, which which regulates your temperature and your heartbeat. And um, this brain is also related to like the low level. Emotions like, for example, territoriality, control, and uh, ritual. And I, I see there is something in, in if if you want to control some other, you, ridicule works on this brain. Like, uh, you, it, it just works because oh, this, yeah, it, it, this is, this must be it. Now, if you're if you're a critical finger, which is like a higher level um, function of your brain then you can actually make your brains compete. And I also think that's very interesting. And, and uh, if, you, if you're aware of this, like, uh, then you can spread the word and understand how, how, how if, if somebody ridicules you, like, what is the best course of action you can take? Like, what, what is um, um, how, actually the best thing you can just, you just give the argument. And th that's not very easy. It happens to me a lot. Like I, I, I want to say something. I get. I, I met with ridicule. Just say what you have to say. It's okay. Well, as certainly. I mean, it depends on the context. It depends who you're talking with. It depends what particularly you're talking about. But uh, the appeal to ridicule, as it's known in terms of logical fallacies, of course, is is as exactly as you say. It's a contact. It's either contentless or it just uh, relies on the uh, the basically saying, well, that's that can't be true because it's silly. Which of course is no argument whatsoever. So, uh, so we can point that out at certain times, and perhaps the person we're communicating with will be able to take that on board. But obviously, it depends on the situation. 
Um, personally, I like to uh, to throw the, my seeds on uh, soil that's fertile, so to speak, so that if I'm talking to someone who I think is just simply closing their mind off to the discussion, I know that there's a certain point at which it's probably better for me to use my time elsewhere. So that's a bit uh, of a sad point, but I think it's something that I think is also realistic for us to keep in mind when we're talking to people who do rely on such things as appeal to ridicule in order to dismiss verifiable and uh, and true information. Well, actually, I think that's a very good point. I mean, if you, for example, just take the, the, the idea of a person who has a problem, an addiction with drugs or some, some kind of addiction, if that person doesn't want to get out of there, there's nothing you can do. Nothing, absolutely nothing. It's like you're stuck in your, in your way of thinking. And, uh, and that applies in so many different circumstances. Uh, of course, that's one extreme circumstance. But I think you're right. I mean, ultimately, so much of it does come down to our personal wish, our drive, our ability to, to do something. And if we, if we just don't want to apply ourselves to it, I don't think there's any argument in the world that's going to, to move that particular mountain. It has to come from within. And that, of course, applies especially to the type of information we're talking about, be it government drug running or uh, 9-11 truth or whatever you might be particularly talking about i think it has to come from to a certain extent from within and the question of course as always is how do you motivate that 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 inner drive how do you ignite that inner fire which is what really motivates people to to start uh, changing their perception well in my actually uh, uh how do you say this uh i think we have we were having like an explosion of of people like waking up I don't know if you if you see that, but I, there's so many people I know now now that that I've met that I've met like for all my life, and uh, I'm not doing anything. They are just like asking the same questions I was asking a couple of of years ago, and it makes me really happy because it's it's really like it's it's good, it's positive, and it's like like slowly trickling. And I think it's 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 really exponential, and when it reaches the critical point, it's it's going to be huge. I think. Well, once again, that. I agree with you on that, and uh, I can yeah, speak I'm from sorry my own experience. I'm sorry we agree on everything tonight. Well, uh, <laughs> well yeah. I'll, I'll find something to disagree with, don't worry. But okay, it, it, <laughs> when I started out doing the, the Corbett Report, I mean, when I started researching this about six years ago, I, I must admit it was uh, it was much more, there was much more of a sense that this was information that most people weren't speaking about. It wasn't exactly popular, you know, in that sense. But of course, over the past six years, it has been popularized. And I think it's much easier to to find discussion of not only online, but also offline in my personal life, which, uh, which is hopeful that there is some sort of uh, paradigm change coming. But but let's get back to that issue of how do you reach someone? How do you how do you ignite that inner fire? And I, I think it's interesting that uh, that it talks about critical thinking and rationality often Often ridicule and 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 in some way denigrate that uh, that reptilian brain you were talking about the lower system that that functions on such things as fear etc as if that's not really a part of humanity as if that's not really a part of our consciousness but of course it is I think it's a, a fundamental integral part of that consciousness we are still at base these types of instinctual animals that are driven primarily by forces that are subconscious that we never even fully articulate or understand. And a lot of the, the type of critical thinking that we apply over top of these instinctual drives is sort of window dressing for our consciousness to come to terms with what our unconscious has, has processed and already decided on. So I think that there's much more going on underneath, and I think it's a bit simplistic to simply dismiss the reptilian brain, that the sort of lower drives and the baser instincts. I think quite the contrary. I think probably the 
the most important thing you can do when you're reaching out to people is to try to understand how that 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 reptilian brain is going to process the information and and what ways that that can be convinced sort of at a base level before we get into the the factual argumentation which to a certain extent is almost super, superfluous well what what i also what i i've been doing is like i, I just you know like little gems i just let them out and th- sometimes if i get an answer back well it just it just starts starts there and that really works well yeah, like well, that's true. Using, that's true. Yeah. I, 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 exactly. I mean, it's I, I, you, you could certainly imagine a situation where you overwhelm someone with reams and reams and reams of data and facts and assertions, etc., to the point where it simply doesn't even process with them. Whereas, I think it's obviously much more important to understand what what a particular person is interested in and to feed them partic- you know tidbits here and there about that and to get them interested in it. And it's always a question. I, I know James Evan Pilato has talked about it in his work before, but he, he often does uh, things like that because people come to him because they know him as the, the conspiracy theory guy. So when they have an interest and they come to him to ask him questions, he knows, oh, hey, this person's you know at least asking for information. They want to know more. Well, I can give them some hints here and there. That's probably the most effective way of, of really communicating the information is finding what the person is interested in and trying to feed that. Once you have the intention, there is no way of going back. That's right? it, and exactly mm-hmm. right. And it's it's a part where where people have to invest a certain part of themselves. I know personally in my own journey, I would never have, I think, come to the point where I am now if I hadn't invested myself in actually researching some of these things I was hearing. I, I heard some things about Osama bin Laden and, and meeting with a CIA agent in, in June of uh, 2001. That's just ridiculous. And then finding it reported in such places as the guardian no that's that's really bizarre how come i've never heard of that before so it was when i started researching things and finding it for myself was really when the penny started to drop and i think for me that was the most important part so i assume for other people that's probably important as well yeah Uh, well actually i just want to mention another subject which is like when this is this is also out of of my personal history in regard to all all what we what we're talking here uh like when you are um uh, in dream world you can say and you you wake up all of a sudden your floor like disappears all your comfort zone is like uh this is really uncomfortable i i i don't know if you understand what i'm saying but it's like you're losing like your your ground Right when you wake up, when you wake up, right? I mean, uh, like, how, wh- where do you attach to? Like, uh, what is real? What is not real? And um, what makes sense? I, I, I hope you get the point now. I certainly can relate to the idea of sort of waking up in that groggy state and taking a moment to differentiate the dream world from reality. Yes. Yeah, but what I mean is, it's like once you're, 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 you, you, you really, you. You created your. I don't. I, that's not what I'm. What, what I want to say. Once you like, um, you, you established you what what reality is really like when when you really apply critical thinking to to what you experience. Uh, well, you 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 start feeling more comfortable because you know everything is going to be fine. Everything is, but you, ha- you because you are actually doing something for that, and uh, that's part of it. But. If you're like waking up, it's like your your ground is shaking because you're like you lose like uh, any kind of reference. Like, woo. Right. I don't know Sorry, if, I yeah. I misunderstood. I thought you meant yeah, yeah. waking up. I, I probably mean. didn't exp- explain as good as I could have. Okay. 
Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, and in, in this regard, there's, for example, I, I recently I had a really, an experience that was um, interesting. Well, I, uh, there there is a guy I met a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's actually, he studies, so, so, how do you say this in English, sociology, societal sociology, okay. Mm. And, well, he, he, he taught, he, he tried to explain to me why conspiracy, conspiracy theories are uh, nonsense, and he actually used critical thinking to do that, and I found it really amusing because uh, <laughs> it can be used for good, a good cause or a bad cause. I mean, uh, uh, he just claimed no. In 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 reality, the world is really a chaos, and nobody controls it. And uh, well, I also believe that's what they taught him. But I, I found it interesting because it was really like uh, using the same tool for a different purpose. Right, and, and certainly it can be done. Obviously, it just depends on the way that we define the context and define the terms and etc. So uh, I always try to steer as clear as possible from debates about whether conspiracy theories, quote unquote, are true. Because what does that even mean? Does that mean that every single theory that's put out by anyone has to either be true or false? Of course not. Each individual theory has to be taken on a case by case basis. And to try to draw these jar- large parallels, oh, well, conspiracy theories are all like this, therefore people who believe them are all like this, to me is just painting with much, much too broad a brush, and it's uh, much too easy then to to either ridicule uh, one side or the other, depending on what, uh, what point you're coming from. So I think defining the terms is always the most important part of any real attempt to get to the bottom of any subject. Yeah, but it's highly effective what you what you just said. Like you just you associate and, for example, there was this movie uh, Contagion, which I saw recently. Uh, oh, that's really really like obvious. <laughs> the the conspiracy guy. You I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't actually. Okay. Well, I, I don't I don't think you 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 missed too much. But there's actually a story of um, like a you know like a. Uh, contagious disease scenario, like you know, the, like a disaster movie, and uh, the there is a conspiracy guy who actually invents something and gets money from some people, and he's doing this for the profit, and he's stupid, and a lot of people follow him. So the movie teaches you uh, following conspiracy theory theories is stupid because you are not you you're not listening to what authority tells you. And it's, it's, it's so bland, so obvious in the movie. Yeah, and, yeah. But they found it interesting because, uh, well, I'm, I'm not telling you you go watch that movie, but I'm just... Right, I just no, I understand. Just, I've yeah. certainly seen uh, television shows and other programming to that extent. Oh, look at the crazy conspiracy theorist, and of course he turns out to be a terrorist or a, you know just a madman in general, etc., etc., a drug addict, whatever. I've seen it portrayed so many different times in fiction. It's interesting, uh, I, I mean, it, assuming there isn't some sort of conspiracy theory to portray conspiracy theorists in a negative light, it is interesting what motivates so many writers to, to always put these conspiracy theory characters in that are always just so out there and out to lunch. Well, but that's new. That didn't exist like 20 years ago or 10 years ago. It's, 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 it's quite new, and I think the Internet has a lot of to do with this. Like, it's mm. enabling all of this. Like... Usually, I, I talk to people and they say, "No, like mankind has been the same for the last like thirty, forty centuries," and I disagree with that because we have the internet now, and that's a big change. I mean, when I agree and disagree. Uh, certainly, okay. I think that our our social relations are changing 
in ways that are pretty much incalculable at the moment. They're changing so quickly and so so fundamentally. But at the same time, I think fundamentally as human beings, as as all of the, the, the things we've been talking about, about consciousness and about the, uh, the reptilian brain and the things that motivate us and instincts and subconscious and all of that are, I mean, those are physically the same. So it's just a question of how we're relating to each other. But I think you're right. I mean, how is this media changing and uh, the, the way that we actually relate to others and or process information and it must be having quite an effect but you, you say that these types of narratives about conspiracy theories didn't exist 20 30 40 years ago and you must be right about that i think to the extent that they exist today and uh, a lot of people trace that back to the 1997 i believe it was movie uh with uh <laughs> i want to say tom hanks it's not tom hanks mel gibson uh, conspiracy theory I don't know if you saw that one, but it was basically about uh, a con- crazy conspiracy theorist who actually happened to get one right, and he was talking about MK Ultra and everything, which actually did exist. So it was a bizarre kind of b- blending of things, and a lot of people place the uh, the beginning of the modern conspiracy theory narrative back to that movie. Well, I didn't see it, and I, I'll probably have to add that to my to my to do list. <laughs> well, okay. don't necessarily take it as a recommendation. <laughs> like, my, like the movie I told you, yeah. no, it's not in, it's but like it is interesting that. to examine from that perspective, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, and uh, so if we apply now critical thinking, and uh, we have this big question, like uh, we, uh, my my understanding of the world is like there is a, py- a, py- a pyramid, and uh, who's at the top? That's my question at this time. <laughs> That's, That's the, the, uh, the I want to say trillion dollar question, but probably more yeah. like a quadrillion dollar question. But uh, That's the well, interesting. Let's, yeah, that's the question that we have to come back to, I think, time and again. And it's an interesting and fruitful one. So we will come back to it. But unfortunately, the music is coming up. So we're going to take another short break. Once again, to finish up our conversation with Mark Russell talking tonight about critical thinking and uh, many other aspects of that besides. So stay tuned. We'll be right back to finish things up right after this. His name is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Yes, friends, we are here in the closing minutes of yet another episode of Corbett Report Radio, and I am your host, James Corbett. Tonight we've been talking to Mark Russell, and we've been talking about critical thinking, and just before the break, Mark Russell was about to unveil who is at the very top of the pyramid. So, Mark, you have the floor. Of course I have the answer, and that is me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Oh, oh well. Never yeah. trust the Argentinian. <laughs> no, I'm kind of a mix. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, just just the last recommendation. There is a really a little bit corny video, but a, a video which I found very interesting and useful, which is called Critical Thinking, and you can find it on YouTube. Just type in Critical Thinking. It's it's right there. It's it's really good. Well, that's a very basic title. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, I know, but it, it's it's really really good. I really like that one. But it's a bit corny. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's leave things on a note of hopefully positivity for the listener out there who is interested, of course, in spreading information and trying to engage in this and is worried about the way that they're perceived and their arguments are taken by others. Any final thoughts, advice, recommendations, comments, criticisms, questions, complaints, or anything else you'd like to share with the listeners in the final minutes here? Oh, all that I can tell you. I can give you in, in a couple of seconds, but I'll try to do my best. 
Uh, I'm extremely optimistic about how the thing, things are going to to turn out. I'm absolutely, I, I absolutely think there is going to be a really good outcome out of all of this. It, it has to do with you, you who are listening. It has to do with James. It has to do with everybody who is doing something positive to help, to spread consciousness. Everybody who is thinking, everybody who is uh, using his brains to just get a better world for everybody. That's, I think, what we want, right? Well, it's what I want, and it's why I'm here night after night, day after day. Well, that's what I want, too, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, final thoughts. Uh, think, use your brain, listen, read, uh, study, and uh, just be happy. That's most important because I've spent a lot of time reading, and I wasn't very happy, and it, there's no point nowadays. So just be happy. Uh, okay. But, Mark, the unexamined life is not worth living. Ah, Everything gets you to this point. Uh, like, well, the goal like is process. not happiness per se. The goal is uh, no, 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 understanding, if, isn't it? No, no, and of course. But once it, it, it I, I, I personally believe it, it leads you to happiness because, uh, I mean, all, all this trouble, this, this chaos, this whatever you want to call it, it's just, uh, it's not important because you just do what you, what you think is correct, and that's it. Well, that's, yes, it, it, you're exactly right on that point. There is nothing simpler, nothing easier than simply doing what you know to be right and, and following what you know to be true and helping others to understand that. And uh, that, that there's no big philosophy required for that. That's just something that comes naturally or should come naturally to people. And there's all sorts of things that try to disrupt that uh, natural process. But, but at the end of the day, you're exactly right. I mean, it shouldn't be that difficult. It shouldn't make you that unhappy. Right. So cheer up. <laughs> so cheer up, exactly. Yeah. Well, there you go. I think we've just solved everyone's problems. I think we're our work here is done. Yeah, no, 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 no. There, there's, there's a lot of things to, to be done. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> so. Well, I hope you will be keeping an eye yeah. on the Argentinian situation and the developing Occupy type of movement there, and uh, hopefully give us updates as uh, they become available. I certainly will keep you updated, and I think it's it's going to be big here. Because this is this looks very much this looks in some ways very much like what happened here in 2001, and a lot of people took a, kept an eye on what happened here because of the financial collapse and how it looks very similar to what's happening in Greece and in Spain and wherever wherever else. Well, there so, you go, Argentina, a bellwether once again. So we will be yeah. keeping our eye on that situation. Mark Russell, we're fresh out of time, but thank you again for your time. Oh, please, you're welcome. Excellent. Well, try to get some sleep. I know it's 2 in the morning there for you now, so I hope you do get some sleep. And for the rest of you out there, thank you all once again for lending your ears for this edition of Corbett Report Radio, and I'm looking forward to doing it all with you again 23 hours from now. So until then, thank you all for listening, and take care. <laughs>